Welcome to Conversations with Healers, a podcast and video interview series that features intimate, soulful, and cozy conversations with self-healers and healers. Healer to healer, we dive into all aspects of self-healing and healing and being and becoming a healer. I am Damla Aktekin. I am a healer and the host of this podcast, and I can't wait for you to listen to this conversation. If you are new to this podcast, please take a moment to subscribe so that you can be aware of new episodes. I also invite you to visit adropofom.com, A-D-R-O-P-O-F-O-M.com, where I share a lot of free resources for self-healing and healing, and you can take a free quiz to find out what your energetic wounds are and how they may show up in your life. Discovering what your wounds are is the first step in healing them. I hope you enjoy this episode. There is one more thing I would like to share with you before you listen to this episode. I created a wonderful container to help you process the collective trauma of the pandemic and begin to heal your energetic wounds. It is an energy healing membership called Chakra Bliss Vault. Every month you will receive three new crystal healing sessions Plus, you'll immediately have access to my entire energy healing recording library when you sign up. The membership is really affordable and will continue to be so. You can find out more about it at adropofom.com, A-D-R-O-P-O-F-O-M.com. I invite you to make your healing a priority and invest in your well-being by becoming a Chakra Bliss Vault member. Hello everyone, this is Damla Aktikin with A Drop of Om, and today I have a very special guest, Carlos Perez. Carlos is a licensed chiropractor, sound therapist, shamanic practitioner, firewalk instructor. He is, I would say, overall a holistic healer and um, a soul whisperer, and he has been working in this field for the last 19 plus years. So welcome, Carlos. Thank you so much, Damla. I really appreciate you having me here today. Thank you. I'm excited. And you and I um, got in touch because we went through the same certification program for biofuel tuning. And um, I got in touch with you um, wanting to exchange services with you and which we did, which was a beautiful experience in itself. Um, And I will tell people about my experience with you too. But before we get into that, I want to ask you about your self-healing and being and becoming a healer story in like big brush strokes. How did you end up here? I love that question because it gives me an opportunity to look back at where I've been and where I am and where I'm going. You know, I think for many people that are in the healing arts and decide to become practitioners in some way, shape or form, that they most likely went through their own health, maybe crisis or journey that needed to be seen from a different perspective than perhaps how others were viewing it. 
And so my chiropractic journey really was about the physical body, experiencing an injury in my leg in my early teenage years and being treated by a chiropractor thinking, wow, I like what she does. It seems like something that I could enjoy doing myself when I get older. And that's how everything began. And as the years progress, um, after seven years of being in practice as a chiropractor, I recognized that there was a different path that I needed to be on that I wasn't necessarily living in. It's almost that expression of, you know, doing what's expected, you know, being who the world has asked you to become, and maybe never taking that time to ask, well, who am I? And what am I here to do? And so there was that first question of, of who am I, which opened up the opportunity for self-healing and exploration, first with sound and sound healing, and then into the shamanic medicine. And both of those two uh, pieces have really been uh, gradually becoming more and more uh, defining who I am and how I am and into what I do. So here I am 19 years now later, and I'm still a chiropractor. But what I often say to individuals is that uh, rather than being focused on structural alignment or postural alignment, it's more about aligning you know, your heart, your mind, your body, your spirit, your soul's contract in this life. I love that. And I love the question that you pose, which is um, almost like, uh, what does your soul want to express here in this lifetime? Yeah. And the body for, for me was yoga. So for you, it feels like the body was the entry point and then you sort of branched out from there. Absolutely. Um, which brings me to you and I connected pre-COVID. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I was actually able to step into your office and I know that you offer sessions um, over the internet as well. But being someone who has stepped into your office, I can say that you probably have the biggest sound healing collection that I have seen to date. Like you have a million tuning forks. Yes. I do. And you have the uh, beautiful bowls. You have a massage table that vibrates. Mm -hmm. I was actually blown away. I was like, wow, this is this is a lot of fun reading to me. <laughs> So how did that happen? How did you end up just um, reaching out for these different fun tools? You know, the biggest influence that I've had as a practitioner of sound healing was through a fellow colleague and truly a mentor named Patty Shapani uh, from Merrimack, New Hampshire. And in 2011, I started working in her office, which was a holistic center with a trauma counselor, an acupuncturist, and another massage therapist in addition to Patty. But Patty uh, still to this day does massage therapy work that really is bringing in uh, other layers and levels of healing primarily through light. She does a lot of lights work and uh, laser work, but sound. I walked into her room the first day and saw all these tuning forks and singing bowls and a drum. And I'm like, what is this? And I experienced a bodywork session with sound on the sound therapy table, which is the same sound therapy table that I have now that you experience. And it was a gradual and slow 
introduction primarily with the sound table first and then into tuning forks and I had studied other tuning fork modalities before going into biofield tuning uh, which is uh, our common uh, training path and the singing bowls was were just things that I wanted to play with I never expected them to become such a big part of my offering but they are by far and away my favorite form of instrument to use in a session for whether it's focusing on body work emotional mental spiritual and so forth but she was my she was my compass she helped me calibrate my compass and she always encouraged me to just be playful and find the the instrument or the sound that most resonates pun intended with me so i found over the years what i'm drawn to and i love metal singing bowls but crystal the crystal singing bowls certainly are uh, truly an extension uh, of me from what i have experienced um and i have experienced a meditation with you too um and I have been in other sound baths. And, and it, honestly, for me, working with tuning forks is similar. The beautiful thing about sound healing is that you as a practitioner are being in the vibration as you're creating it. So to me, that's powerful. Um, you get to shed a few layers as your clients are yes. doing so as well. So the um, I just want to make a little parenthesis about the, the table. How does the table work? Tell us a little bit more about that. Sure. So the table that I use is considered um, and referenced as a vibroacoustic therapy table. So V-A-T for short. Vibroacoustic therapy is a form of vibrational healing where a table such as a massage table is uh, built in the same way as a massage table but underneath um, the sections of the the chest area the abdomen area and where the legs would go there are these special transducers and a transducer it looks like a little speaker but it's more the type of speaker that people would think of when they uh, listen to the sound from a subwoofer um, it's a very low frequency producing piece of equipment and so it only uh, produces frequencies on the lower end of the audible spectrum so if the human ear can hear between 20 Hertz and 20,000 Hertz these transducers are producing frequencies uh, from 50 Hertz down and the 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 sounds that are being produced below the audible spectrum are actually felt as vibration kind of like the uh, if we were to speak very close to a microphone sometimes you can hear the poof, 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 that puff of air and so that's a very low frequency sound and basically uh, these engineers discovered ways to produce sound through these transducers um, at specific points so there there's a, a specific geometric relationship between each of the transducers to create almost like a cocoon of vibration around an individual which they're feeling from the body being in contact with the table and then those transducers need some form of sound to play so years ago uh, practitioners were using 
those big giant multi five disc CD players as a sound system and now you know you can use a cell phone an iPod and it needs some form of amplification but it allows me to play a multitude of frequencies that are considered supportive for different conditions so when I first met Patty most of her frequencies were for structural areas cervical neck shoulder back hip knee but I was intrigued with the emotional support frequencies meridian frequencies organ frequencies and these are you know frequencies that have been developed over the years by uh, different um, practitioners working with engineers to convert this acoustic sound into a signal that the table produces as vibration it's really remarkable mm, yeah and having been I, I'm as someone who has experienced it I can tell that it was deeply relaxing um, as you were working on me to be on that vibrational setting was pretty amazing so tell me more about so you got into sound how did that transition into shamanic studies for you well patty used to have this drum it was a small hand drum that she would play usually at the end of a session to help a client feel more present and alert because sometimes these sound tables can really put a client to sleep <laughs> because the level of relaxation is just that deep and she let me borrow her drum and when I played the drum I I thought wow this sound is so different you know I wonder what else I could do with it and she you know asked me uh, encouraged me to explore drum circles so I was looking around for a drum circle to see what's that all about and within just a few days of searching for that I was introduced to the woman who is uh, my elder and my teacher of shamanic medicine and early on into my work with her as a client and also as a student I got into uh, shamanic medicine and found ways to incorporate what I had been doing with sound and apply shamanic principles and shamanic journey work with what I currently have. And uh, um, so about that, m my fascination with that is that it's so deep. I feel like shamanic studies, mm -hmm. you wouldn't be able to end at some point like you could study it all your life mm -hmm. and then you could still be just beginning to grasp um what i love about you is that you are bringing all these different things like the chiropractic practices the sound the shamanism um and now you are also a firewalk instructor what is that <laughs> how does it work exactly <laughs> What does it mean to sure, fire? That's a great question, Dama. That really is. And there are some people that through their choice of interests, books they read or podcasts that they listen to have perhaps heard about this idea of walking on fire. And truth be told, what it is, is a ceremony where you're walking on hot embers from a fire. And so these embers can range anywhere from 400 to over a thousand degrees in temperature based on the different wood that is used. 
but this is an ancient ancient practice that goes across the globe there are cultures there are civilizations that used fire as a way to purify they would burn the land intentionally in a way to help clear the land for the new growth of new vegetation it was a way that assisted and supported the ecosystem and it's traced back in this country to a woman named Peggy Dillon who brought the indigenous fire walking ceremony to uh, the current world and she packaged it in a way that connected the uh, the spirit of walking on fire to the anatomy of fire which is used as a transformative agent if we think about fire fire can transform one substance in as an alchemy to generate something else it is very much an element that allows movement so a firewalk journey or a firewalk ceremony is an opportunity for a person to learn about their own fire which is about your passion your dreams your vision your relationship to what can feel like a spark versus a lull or a stagnation everything can be seen through that lens of fire being in or out of alignment so when you have a firewalk ceremony uh, you know you would be belly to belly and face to face with the physical fire and noticing within yourself how that is symbolizing your journey and relationship with your own fire the fire that is perhaps burned out of control all over the place chaotically perhaps all-consuming and easily combusting as well as a fire that has been nurturing and gentle and compassionate and passionate and you have various parts of the ceremony where you are reflecting on the pieces of yourself from your past your present and your future that you are offering to the fire to symbolically release to make peace with what you are ready to move and transcend through create a vision of where you want to be and then take flight so it's typically called the medicine of the snake for shedding the puma for vision and the condor for taking flight into the manifested state and the experience of walking across those coals just transforms people you can see it in their eyes you can see it in their disposition they are now clear of truly their own creative power it's very beautiful okay so as you're talking my mind is going in a couple different places sure. the first place it has it's going as i'm seeing the i don't know if you're familiar the tower from the tarot deck mm -hmm. and the tower is uh representative of um change that you can't escape <laughs> and i feel like and it's it's basically the picture of a tower that is literally on fire mm -hmm. and people are jumping out from the windows and wanting to escape mm -hmm. so i feel like we are right now in such a time yes we are going we are in the fire <laughs> mm -hmm. 
And then the other part, and we can dive into that. And then the other part that my mind was going as you were speaking is, um, I loved how you described that touch point of you and the fire. And it doesn't have to be that you literally walk on fire, but you could perhaps meditate with fire, that you are beginning to connect with that element that exists in you and around you. Let's talk more about that, yes. the fire element. Yes. <laughs> and you and explained beautifully what, what is coming up in you as I say the tower and the relationship element. So really, Dhamma, that's such a well-stated description of a culture that has been on fire for a very long time. In the last year, you can feel the temperature turning up in so many areas of our global systems and our paradigms and in our own individual lives. And that jumping out of the windows, per se, as the tower's coming down, is symbolic of the way that most of us were never taught how to become conscious and aware of our own fire. And so we've ran away from it, we've suppressed it, or we've resisted it. And fire needs to burn because it has its purpose as well. And oftentimes, it's very logical to think, well, if there's too much fire, you need to add water because water would balance fire. And there is a truth to that. But water can extinguish something that really may need to burn to be fully transformed so that an individual is not feeling this continuous repetitive entanglement with the product of that fire. So really, we have fires burning in all of our relations. I have a fire that burns that symbolizes my relationship to me, my body, my family, my work, my dreams, everything. And firewalking has really helped me to become more conscious, aware, and action-oriented around how am I going to tend to my fires? Because each of us is a fire tender. We, we have this ability to take care of our own fires. And when we learn how to do it in a very healthy, functional way, then it becomes easier to stay on your path and to become more clear of truly what is it that I desire? What is it that really speaks to me, my truth, my purpose? And fire is, is that element. It connects each of us to that inner dream, vision, and passion. And it is that part of our soul that needs to be seen, just like a fire needs to burn. We were here. I say it as we are on this earth to bring our light, to let our fire burn, not to burn things up and burn things out. Although sometimes that actually is what's happening, but rather to nurture, nourish and support this, you know, think of like a, a nice campfire or a nice fire that you make in a fireplace. You know, you're not throwing every piece of wood in there at once. You're taking time to build, to tend, and to let that fire gently warm and move through 
you space breathe. and yourself yeah breathe let the fire mm -hmm. breathe and um as you're speaking the direction that i'm going is like fire tending to that personal fire is actually a, a superpower you're tending to a power in you an elemental power mm -hmm. that can sustain you that can help you transform and move through some tight wound up spaces if you will and i know that you also do fire purification journeys um which are different than fire walking how yes. do they work so sometimes damla they can happen during the same uh, event because a, a fire walk journey a fire walk ceremony can take several hours it typically between four and five hours because of the time that is is taken to not only learn about the anatomy of the fire but to build the fire as a community there's a beautiful medicine of not just putting pieces of wood together in a pile and lighting it but actually setting an intention of what this log represents and there's so much intention into it and then building the fire and the time it needs to burn and grow and then gently fold in and then reach a point where the coals can be prepared for walking and during that uh, ceremony you can have an additional fire purification ceremony and that's commonly called Agnihotra Agnihotra and Agnihotra is considered a fire purification ceremony that is deeply connected to purification of the atmosphere and so it is a specific fire that is made at sunrise and at sunset. So typically if a fire walk is in the evening, you can do a fire purification ceremony during that time, in which point you are bringing certain uh, materials together that go into this copper pyramid of a specific size and shape. You're offering a mantra this beautiful mantra at the exact time of sunrise or sunset. You're making an offering into this copper pyramid. And it is an instantaneous uh, purification of the atmosphere of where you are at. And it is a purification that expands far beyond where you are. It's, it's several, several kilometers away from the point of where that uh, purification uh, is happening. And so the principle of a fire purification is that if you purify the atmosphere, then the healed atmosphere heals us. And so it's timed with that rush of energy from the sun rising and setting. And you can tell that there's something happening at that exact moment. And we all, most people are fascinated by watching the sunset. Or watching the sunrise there's something mystical and, and and beautiful about it when you have this fire offering during that time it's as if time has stopped and you can feel this infinite connection between your own you know it's called your inner sun your fire is like your little baby manipura and then the big sun and how that ties into the cosmic sun that we are all connected with it's fascinating that sounds very beautiful yeah. <laughs> and i love the ritual that you described it's um 
it's rare that we take time to do those kinds of things. So it feels really special the way that you described it. And I want to bring it to, so I feel as a mom, as a healer, as a person living in the world right now that mm -hmm. with the pandemic, before the pandemic, my resources were limited of time, energy, and you know, headspace. And with the pandemic, I'm finding myself at an all time, like, I don't want to say lack of resources, but I feel like I'm burning through my <laughs> remaining resources. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel the need to, to constantly replenish, mm -hmm. constantly replenish. So what are your tips for people who self heal or people who work with healers or healers themselves to gather and make sure that you have the resources to tend to that fire? What do you do for that for you? And what do you recommend others? That's a amazing question, which always comes to the relationship that I have, that you have, that each of us has with the elements of earth. So in the shamanic tradition, Damla, earth is representing that source of resources. It is simultaneously the part that is giving and the part that is receiving. When we look at the element of earth, it resonates with the essence of nurture, nourishment, and support. And so the first thing is really to become conscious and aware of what is my relationship to my own earth, which is a little different than me saying, what's your relationship with the planet earth? So coming back to yourself and noticing what is my relationship with my own earth? And then if you double click on that question, you could look at what are the ways that I am giving and what are the ways that I am receiving? And more often than not, if an individual is feeling a sense of depletion or literally fatigue, exhaustion, or even frustration, deep frustration, that doesn't always mean you got a lot of fire. That means you're running out of, of steam. And so it's about recognizing what fills your cup in a way that's healthy, nourishing, nur nurturing, and supporting. And that can really vary from day to day and person to person. And I think it's really helpful when you can take that time to be playful and notice what does it for you. Because for me, the moment I connect with sound to just do a chanting or a toning of a vowel sound, it, it starts to settle things internally to then allow me to become more clear of, am I giving more than I'm receiving? Because that's not sustainable. And so how can I choose to receive? And sometimes even asking that question, I tell practitioners in the work that you do, if you ever stop and ask yourself, how does this help nurture, nourish, and support me in this moment? Then that starts to create an invitation for you to start receiving and filling your cup so that you may give. Otherwise, we can get so unintentionally 
attached with just giving, 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 that then there's nothing left in our own tank, in our own vessel. So for some people it is a chant, for some people it's a stretch. I have a few folks that like to uh, write, they journal a few things that they're grateful for, and that starts to like, it's like they've been plugged into a, a wall outlet and they can feel their own battery levels start to increase. <laughs> um, the Agni Hotra, the fire purification, actually did that a lot through the month of February when I was offering that as a live stream. It just, I always felt so much more clear and energized from it. it it's, it's, it's an individual journey to find the peace that resonates with you. And it begins by asking that question, where's my relationship to my own earth? And yeah. even if you don't know what that means, if you ask that, you'll start getting the answers and you'll start recognizing from a place that's not lined with blame, shame or guilt because we're humans. We're going to have a human experience and sometimes give more than we receive. But now you can start noticing the ways that your cup is filled and choose to fill your cup first before you let others drink from it. Yeah, I love that. And I call it something very similar. I don't call it earth, although it is. I call it, how do I tend to the crystal that I am? Because we are crystals, we are minerals, <laughs> we are water and fire and air that. and ether too. But there's a lot of, you know, minerals and crystalline structures mm -hmm. in there that can take in, hold information, store, and then give it away in a certain vibration. Mm -hmm. So for me, the practice is, okay, let me fill up this crystal that I am with good food, some sunshine, some laughter, whatever it is needed in that particular moment, because that changes to what we need moment to moment changes is what I have been finding for me and the people that I work with. You know, Damla, if I may, you, you just reminded me of something that has become uh, repeatedly coming into conversations, which is sometimes we're so focused on what to do to help something that we haven't taken time to notice what does it feel like to just be with that something. So, for example, I, because I, I know I have been there where I approach it like a to-do list. Okay, let me take an Epsom salt bath. Let me do some smudging. Okay, let me connect with my crystals. Okay, let me do some mantras. Okay, let me get my tuning forks. And it's almost coming from a place of an urgency where I have to do this so I can feel this. And I maybe never took time to just notice, well, what does this even feel like? And this is very similar to the firewall conversation we've had where it's an invitation to become conscious of you in relationship to you, your own mineral, your own earth, your own fire, water, ether, etc. And just if, if we give ourselves that permission, that already starts to open up that transition, that shift, and then the doing just follows. So it's, it's allowing yourself to be, which then invites what you can do versus here's what I'm going to do so I can be. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. And then for me, it's, it's a, the constant reminder of I do tend to get in the habit of doing, let me do this next thing, let me do this next thing. And then all of a sudden, I recognize that I'm 
like family, like physically hungry because I skipped breakfast or lunch or like haven't taken a water break. So it's, um, and when I do feel like I'm like, whoa, yeah, time to go step away from this thing that you're doing <laughs> and just be with yourself for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, that's such a gift that we can give ourselves as parents, as practitioners. Yeah. Just, that gift of just being with you. Which brings me to you. You beautifully sensed where I was going. I was going to ask you, I know you're a dad. How old is your son? So my son, Javi, turned three in January. And then I have uh, 17 and 15-year-old stepdaughters. That's beautiful. So how has being and becoming a father, because I know it as a mother, and for me, my healing story coincided with, with actually giving birth That's and right. being That's a right. mother. Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious, how has becoming or being a dad transformed you in your self-healing and healing work? It has been an experience that similar to a seesaw or a pendulum, it has swung fully in both directions in directions that have brought healing and in directions that perhaps brought more to surface that I was not aware needed to be healed. But above all, what I feel it has done is provided a different mirror for me to see, know, and learn more about me that I could not have, I don't believe, without that mirror. In other words, I see in him the parts of me that I have transcended, transformed, and the parts of me that I have not started to really dive deep with. And i he's an incredible teacher, and so are my stepdaughters too, don't get me wrong. But I feel like at three, there's such a raw and unfiltered, expression of energy that I can see how he can be all those things simultaneously detached from any of those things simultaneously. He has not been necessarily conditioned of what should or shouldn't. He just is. So it's, it's, it's an amazing mirror to remind me that it's okay to just be. I don't have to keep this rigidity around my energy or even collectively as we use the term vibration yeah. when someone says raise your vibration okay and perhaps i need to be in all different states right now so that i can become more aware of who i am so he's an amazing mirror damla yeah he really yeah. is and we've decided as as family really to include them as best we can so with the fire walking you know, there's a safety piece there, of course. So he was at a great distance away, but then in everything before and after, he was right there with us. And then the next day, as we were raking the coal bed, he was walking them. <laughs> Obviously, you know, at that point, they've been extinguished, but he's doing his little fire walk. And then even with Agni Hotra, he would help me put it together. He'd help me light it. He would 
in his own version sing the mantra which would always make me laugh because the mantra for one of the uh, fire purification is agnaye svaha agnaye idam namama and he would he would say Svaha in the bed, bath, and beyond. <laughs> and I would always laugh because, and he's, he will still do it. He'll be singing his version of the mantras. But for me, it's like he's being exposed to these things. And he was exposed to them, Damla, when he was still in the womb. I mean, my wife, we, we did sweat lodge at that time. Um, we were doing Agnihotra fire purification at that time. So he's been exposed to this yeah and uh yeah, my and daughter, just say it out of the blue agnihotra let's do an agnihotra <laughs> fire it's like wow i love that story yeah. my daughter is about to turn nine and and she she sees me she sees me working i sometimes um do little healings with her not too long but just to you know with crystals and stuff um and for me though she's a constant reminder of I want to say the earth element, because at the end of the day, she's there, she needs to be fed, she needs to be cared for. And mm -hmm. I meditate, I do my writing, I do my, you know, the videos, whatever I do, and then I come back down to earth to be with her. <laughs> so that's yeah. sort of one element. And then the other is the other day, she was um, folding her clothes and I heard her similar to you. She was humming the Gayatri mantra. I'm like, are you? Oh my goodness. The guy <laughs> we listened to Deva Premal wow. and just picked it up. And then she wanted to do, she wanted to put some sheets above her, her bed just to make a canopy. And then she chose this um, bed sheet with hearts on it. And she said, mom, I need to choose a high vibrational one for so that our ancestors like it i'm like okay all right wow. <laughs> we'll go with that so she's uh um she she gets it and then the other experience i had with her that i want to share is um i'm learning tarot and i love the symbolism archetypes and mm -hmm. everything in it and she looks at the cars and she brings up so many elements that i haven't seen like she doesn't she hasn't, you know, she doesn't need to learn about it. She knows how to get into it, which is exactly what you right. you do. Yeah. So they're amazing. It really yeah. is, huh? They're they're the a great one of our greatest teachers. Yeah. And then <laughs> they transform you into the well, once you get that or once you deserve that title of mom and dad, you, you're never the same. So it's like another fire ceremony right there. <laughs> It's, it's a different form of initiation, which is how my elder would describe it. And I, I'm better understanding now more of what my mom would say to me in my 20s of someday you'll understand why I am the way that. And, and I understand more and more as the years are going by that until you have that experience, you haven't gone through that initiation of that and i i i thought i understood beforehand but now i'm starting to know yeah yeah i get that <laughs> okay carlos uh what's um what's next for you so 
I have been exploring and getting into uh, work with a book coach, but it's not a book coach of, you know, write a book in 90 days. This is an individual that I met in my firewalk instructor training, and she leads these programs of creating your sacred story. And it is a journey to basically unpack from you the your life story and knowing that your story is more than enough and your story deserves to be shared and deserves to be told to the world so i started working with her in the middle end of february and we are just now starting to get into more of the 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 technical parts of creating the story so i'm going to write in 2021 my sacred story and thus far it has been an amazing process that has certainly brought up a lot of things to be healed as well as things to reflect on and be grateful for of basically how all the dots that connected in the past were perfectly orchestrated and aligned exactly as they needed to so that I could be here right now with you and moving into this journey of becoming an author so that is the next piece for me and what comes from that feels right now limitless and full of possibilities in the form of offering uh, speaking lecture workshops as well as coaching mentorship and so I look forward to seeing all that can be birthed from telling my story. I love that. And I know that you have quite a story. So I think <laughs> it needs to be told. When she asked, what do you think you want to write about? I said, how many books do people write in your programs? <laughs> and she said, you know, it depends. Some people, they stick to one, but other people have really lived quite a unique life with many experiences. And so let's not focus. So right now, there's no focus or pressure about what it needs to be. And I look forward to just allowing that part to come forward. And certainly I have stories I want to share and tell, but this is almost a ritual where I'm going in without an attachment to a specific outcome, just showing up and noticing what's ready to be told. Oh, I love that. I look forward to reading your story. Thank Carlos. you. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm yeah. looking forward to it. Enjoy that. It sounds so beautiful. Another yeah. sacred ritual and journey to go on. Mm -hmm. Sounds lovely. <laughs> so you have actually a container that you call Conversations with Carlos. Mm -hmm. It's a weekly online gathering. I know there's sound healing in there. I know there's fire purification journeys in there. Do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about that and your other work as well? Sure. Yeah, it's when COVID came, I think for most of us, we were looking at different ways to maybe pivot or shift. Since uh, I know me personally, I was not seeing any clients for face to face in person. And so I enjoy the remote work. And I also enjoy that with technology, we can gather as a community through Zoom or other platforms. And so 
Thursdays at 7 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time, uh, gather with this tribe of individuals that are looking to connect and talk about many of the things we've discussed, and they're very theme-specific. So last night, we explored this metaphor of a lighthouse and how what a lighthouse represents spiritually and how to be in relationship with our own inner lighthouse. And so oftentimes, Damla can be a a brief, sometimes 10-15 minute conversation, other times a half hour, and then it's usually followed by a guided sound healing meditation where I use singing bowls, drum, and bells, and that is every week for individuals that are able to attend it live or view it later on replay through their membership. And it's been really interesting to do group healing circle work on this virtual level, you know, shamanic journeying to connect with your power animal, to connect with your guides, uh, land clearing. It's, it's, it's been so much fun. And that is something that uh, I'm, I'm feeling is going to start to shift and become a little bit more. We're going to, we're going to start going a little bit deeper with it. So, but that has been a way to be able to connect with individuals outside of my, my regular practice. Yeah. And then on my, uh, you know, my Facebook page, my group page, Back in Motion Explorers is is always an opportunity where we might do cards from a deck. We did that before. Um, I have different uh, medicines from the shamanic work that I then share with individuals. And, and it gives people a chance to really learn about all these different wonderful tools that we get to play with in our practice. Yeah, yeah. And I know we didn't go into it this time, maybe next time, but I want to just tell that you are also very um, gifted and intuitive healer. You do work with guidance that you see and hear. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a treat to work with you is all I'm going to say. You. Thank you. <laughs> and you, you are um, so generously gifting a singing bowl sound meditation. So I'll include a link to that as well, as well yes. as the link to your the weekly online gathering and your private work carlos it has been such a pleasure to talk with you and i always love going deeper into these you know all aspects of what we do is there anything you want to um say to our listeners before we say bye for now absolutely i want to just give thanks to to saying yes this opportunity that we share with each other on one level is there's a piece for you there's a piece for me and for those that are viewing or watching this there's a piece for you as well and if there's a takeaway message that i'd want to leave everyone with is that you are magic and you have so much in your story to give to the world and you're not alone and in order to get, you have to ask. So you just ask and it'll be given. And the people will show up in ways that you could never imagine, but they will. Thank beautiful, you. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you, Carlos. And thank, thank you, you so everyone. Much, I'm grateful for, for you. Thank you. For listening. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to Conversations with Healers. If this episode spoke to you in any way, please leave a review or comment, like or love it, and share it with others in your life. This is a true soul love project from my heart to yours. 
I really appreciate your help in spreading the word. If you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe and check out other episodes to listen to some extraordinary healing stories and advice. Have a beautiful and wonderful day.